Welcome to All Villa, No Villa, a podcast about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. This is Rivalries, a series where we speak to fans and reporters of rival clubs. Ahead of this week's game against Manchester City and the potential return of Jack Grealish, we're joined by David Mooney. He's the host of Blue Moon Podcast and The Athletics' Why Always Us. I started out by asking David what Villa can expect from City. I wish I knew the answer to that, to be honest with you, Frankie. Um, there's uh, The way City play is... Uh, it's changing kind of week by week almost at this stage. Um, and the problem that I have been able to answer that question is I don't know what City can expect from Aston Villa. And that mm. uh, that's a really kind of weird way to look at it. But that's kind of how Guardiola will approach these games. Um, you look at the way City set up against West Ham and the, the way they set up against PSG this week. They were two entirely different teams for entirely different games. And so what, I mean, the principle is the same. You know, City will keep possession. They'll they'll do the same sort of movements they always do. Rodri will get the ball, he'll turn. The wingers will stay wide and the fullbacks will kind of try and get in behind, that sort of thing. Mm. But in terms of kind of how they do that and what little tweaks Guardiola does, then it, it really could be anything. Um, against against PSG, he was um, he, he switched back to this inverted winger setup. So he had Mares on the left and he had uh, Mares on the right, and he had Sterling on the left. Uh, both kind of the theory is that they cut inside and are able to shoot, but really what they do is they kind of they kind of hold the the wide positions really high up the pitch and allow space for Walker and Cancelo to get in and, and do the business from from right and left back. Um, and then against West Ham, he kind of did the same sort of thing. Um, but the truth is I and a lot of City fans think City play a lot better when they've got a left footer on the left and a right footer on the right, mm. stretch the game that way, let those players get in behind and then let the fullbacks kind of underlap or overlap depending on, on where they are. So it's difficult to say. He's kind of been using a little bit of a hybrid of, of, of all of those systems at the moment. Um, my gut instinct is that he'll go with something similar and uh, as he has done against West Ham because it just... It, it it gives I think it gives City a little bit more of an element of control in the game. It gets a few extra bodies in midfield, um, and the way Aston Villa have, have had a, a good couple of games under Steven Gerrard, I suspect he, he might be a bit wary of a team that's that's feeling good about themselves right now as well. Yeah, and it, it could be a very interesting atmosphere as well. Um, you know, the, the elephant in the room here, of course, is uh, Jack Grealish. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, I mean, I said on our most recent episode um, that we recorded that I'm not convinced he's even going to be in the stadium, to be honest, considering his uh, current fitness levels. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think he might play? I don't think he will at the moment. Um, he's trained. He, so he is, he's back with the squad and he's, and he's training again. Um, but he's had absolutely no time on the pitch. I couldn't even tell you if he was on the bench uh, against West Ham on on uh, Sunday. I probably should have checked that before I uh, before I did an Aston Villa podcast, knowing full well that this topic might well have come up. Um, but uh, he's he's just not played at all. So I think if if we are to see anything of him, it'll probably be from the bench. If he if he starts, I would be uh, majorly surprised. Um, Largely because, I mean, in fairness, there's a lot of City fans who who don't think he's particularly settled at, at City yet, and is, is, we've really not seen his best. I'm kind of of the opinion that um, Guardiola keeps picking him, which is that's something that he doesn't normally do to new signings in a weird way. It, it kind of like pretty much every winger that that Guardiola has signed, well, pretty much any player that Guardiola has signed. 
um, the first season is usually a write-off. It's usually mm. they they don't they don't look like they fit into the team at all. Um, and there's there's kind of there's this sequence of of uh, especially attacking players that have come in and just not looked the business, and then kind of 12, 18 months in, you've gone, oh, hang up, I can see it now, I can see what he's doing. And they don't normally get a lot of games in that time. Mares didn't get, get a lot of games. Sane didn't get a lot of games. Um, Sterling's a little bit different because he was already here when Guardiola arrived, but he had to he had to be molded into what what Guardiola wanted. Um, so for Grealish to have played a lot, I think it suggests that he's doing a lot of things that Guardiola wants him to do, and he's doing like making the right sort of movements and that sort of thing. Um, but it's very easy to point at his end products and say, well, he's not really assisting and he's not really scoring. So what is he actually doing? Mm. And I worry that that's a very simplistic way to look at, at, at the performances and, and the way that, that, that City play, because um, the same can be said of Sterling in the last few weeks. He hasn't really been assisting. He hasn't really been scoring. Okay. He's, he's scored a few in the last couple of games and it's, it, it's, it's, it, it looks like his form is, is, is picking up on that front. Um, but again, Guardiola was looking at going, no, no, he's still, he's still doing this. He's still doing this. He's still doing this. And I get that same impression from Grealish. So if, if he's fit and 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 100% for the game, there's no reason why Guardiola wouldn't pick him. Um, I just worry that his fitness isn't quite isn't quite up to what what, what City want of it right now. Yeah, I think when uh, Grealish went to City, I think my thinking at the time was I remember how uh, Riyad Mahrez and Raheem Sterling both went to City and it took them a bit of time, but eventually yeah, yeah. it really clicked. And that was always my thinking with Grealish. I know... You know, Twitter, it's its own thing, really. And there's been some criticism of Grealish, but the, the fact <laughs> of the matter... You've got to be good instantly, haven't you? That's the <laughs> yeah, thing. And it yeah, just doesn't exactly. work like that. Just doesn't... And particularly with a coach like Pep Guardiola, who's such a such a unique and intensive individual and has a very specific style of play, it's going to take a long a while to get used to. But I do think if it was my bet, knowing having watched Grealish for years, I'd say I think that eventually he'll become one of them players for you that every game assist or a goal. Just something... It, it'll yeah. come. If I was to bet on that but um saying that um i did just want another greatest question was um 100 million quid now looking at city as an outsider this summer i thought you really needed to replace aguero um and that harry kane <laughs> made sense looking at city as an insider this summer i thought we needed to really uh, replace aguero as well so you're not alone there <laughs> so i mean how do you how do you feel about the 100 million quid spent on Grealish? Because I, I think he's an absolutely phenomenal player and I've always raved about that. I th- thought he could have played for a, a Barcelona or Real Madrid. But, you know, w- was he a player that City necessarily needed to spend that amount of money on? Well, it's, it's a funny question because um, my colleague at The Athletic, uh, on The Athletic podcast, Sam Lee, uh, talked on the latest show which might be out by the time that um this goes out so I, i'll give it a quick plug it's why always us um he talks about how city do transfers and how um the the how the where the money comes from in terms of how how you kind of put it into the books um and the simplistic way to look at it is that uh the the value of the transfer fee is effectively um kind of weighed on the books over the course of uh, the player's contracts. So if it was 100 million, for instance, for Jack Grealish over five years, it's 20 million a year, effectively like that. So when it comes to any future extensions, whatever's left of that after the the years that have already passed, then get uh, kind of bumped on by the extra uh, extra uh, kind of years on the contract. Mm. So the way City have, have kind of looked at it is they've gone, well, we've got all this money. For, and then any, any kind of player sold is just a cash injection into that year's books. So Grealish, I, I think it was a five-year daily sign. So the, they look at that as 20 million off the books every uh, every year for five years. 
but they got a big cash injection for the money that um, Bayern Munich gave City for Leroy Sane in mm. that in that one year. So that goes straight into the books. And so they looked at it and they went, well, that means that with the way that we kind of um, do these transfers and the way that we, we kind of weigh the transfer fee over everything, we could afford 100 million for Jack Grealish, and we could also they were they were prepared to go to something about like 120 for um, for Harry Kane. Wow! Um, and it just turned out that what had happened is they really misjudged the the Daniel Levy situation, <laughs> and Levy was just not going to sell. Yeah. And like they, they could have, they, it was almost a case of you need to come up with an offer that he can't refuse, and an offer that Daniel Levy couldn't refuse for Harry Kane was a lot more than 120 million. Um, so the noises were, were just were were Harry Kane saying, "Yeah, no, I I think I I I'd love to come, and I think it's it, it's going to happen." And City kind of slap walked into this situation where uh, they thought it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen. So um, they might not have needed Grealish. Um, I don't. I I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's a bad signing. I don't think it's. A, I, I I'm, I'm perfectly happy to have uh, to to have got him in. Um, but I, I, I don't think it was at the behest of having signed a striker. I just think they, I think they mucked up when it came to um, actually getting a, a deal for a striker over the line. And then the, the next question is: Do they go back next summer or in in January for a, for for Kane? Do they go back and and kind of look at, at someone like Haaland again? Mm-hmm. Um, or do they go actually Ferran Torres when he's back fit he was doing all right as number nine maybe maybe we give it till the end of the season and get Torres back fit again and see what happens so there are questions to be asked um, I think whether whether City hit their objectives or not this season I don't think it's because they signed Jack Grealish instead of Harry Kane I think it's I, I think there's there's kind of much more nuanced ways to look at it um, I think if they could have done well they they could have done they 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 quite publicly said they they were able to have both signed Kane and, and Grealish um, they just got one transfer right and one transfer wrong well if you do go for another player please don't target an Aston Villa one because I've seen enough of our great players head up to Manchester City now so uh you know Milner Barry Delph Grealish if I see Ollie Watkins in a city shirt I might just have to <laughs> retire from football forever uh, but um but uh, you know uh looking ahead to the game Wednesday uh, who do you identify as Villa's biggest threat that um that's a really tough question because uh you you immediately think of uh, well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong in this. You, you watch Aston Villa a lot more than I do, but mm. I immediately think that, that the player that I can see causing problems is John McGinn. McGinn has always been a handful that I've seen, and the really, really annoying thing is it looks like Gerrard's come in and he's come into a bit of form as well. And it looks yeah. like he's like that goal he scored at weekend was, I mean, it was a it, it was a very, very nice finish. Um, mm. I would be disappointed if if City give him that much space on the edge of the box, but you know. It, uh, Still needed finishing, didn't it? It was. It wasn't. It wasn't like the uh, the, the simplest of tappings. So uh, John McGinn is, uh, is is a player that I fear. I, I, he's Douglas Louise. Um, City really. City wanted to keep him, and mm. they just couldn't get a work permit for him. So uh, the fact that that Guardiola doesn't get a lot of things wrong like that. So the fact that Guardiola was quite pissed off that they they didn't get a work permit for for Douglas Louise suggests that you've got quite a player there. Again, I've yeah. not seen a, a, a huge deal of him. Um, and and yeah, I I don't know I don't know how Wally Watkins is doing at the moment. I've just put him in my fantasy league team, and I don't know <laughs> if that's a mistake. Is that a mistake? 
No, I don't think it is actually. He scored a lovely goal against Brighton, and I think he's Gerard's number one pick now for yeah um, lone striker, and he did well there last season. So yeah, that's that was that was the gut impression I was getting there. So yeah, I mean Laporte is suspended for City for for midweek. He's uh, he, he's now not not only did he get sent off a few weeks ago, but he got himself his fifth yellow card uh, at weekend. So it will probably be Stones and Diaz. Um, and obviously Stones got sent off there last season. So it's there's a if you can get in amongst them, um, Watkins, I guess, could cause a few problems. Yeah, I think Watkins and McGinn are both uh, coming in, particularly McGinn, actually, have come into real form. And also a, a young player of ours, Jacob Ramsey, uh, 20 years of age. Uh, not Probably not too well known outside of Villa, um, but he's really improving every single week and his ball carrying and confidence is uh, it's just great to see. It's always great when you see a young player come through as, as you're seeing now with Cole Palmer, yeah. I guess. Well, um, the, 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 the players that will cause City problems uh, are the ones that um, I, I would say press intelligently, not pre- not not in terms of work rate and not in terms of, of uh, kind of how much running they're going to do. Uh, but if, if you can get players in the passing lanes for Diaz and Stones towards Rodri, then City get problems. And mm. uh, Crystal Palace did that very well. Southampton did that very well. So if Villa can do that very well, then, then you know, it might not be enough to get anything out of the game, but it will certainly make it very, very hard for City. Um, because I, I think like West Ham did it very well and ended up getting nothing out of the game. But it, it was it was a slog for City at times, that game, because West Ham played well like that. Yeah, there were, there were times against Brighton the other week in Gerrard's first game where we struggled to cut off the passing from the defenders through to Basuma coming deep in midfield, probably quite similar to what Diaz does with the, the City defenders. So yeah, hopefully we can learn from that and um, yeah, uh, do, do the job on City. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, just a couple more questions. Um, who do you, Who's the biggest threat to Villa themselves, would you say, from the City ranks? It's a real tricky one at the minute, again, um, largely because of who's available. Um, like I said before on Grealish, he might come in, he might not come in, I don't know. Uh, you obviously know all about Grealish, I don't need to explain what he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the other the other problem is that Foden's been injured, so he's he's likely not going to play. Um, De Bruyne has, uh, he, he had COVID, uh, whether he still has COVID, I don't know. He's not, they've not announced any kind of tests since, uh, but he missed the weekend's game because of it. And, uh, we know from what Guardiola was saying in his press conference ahead of the West Ham game, um, he lost his sense of taste and he's, uh, feeling fatigued with it. So he's, he's yeah. not, he, he's not asymptomatic with it, which, um, could make his recovery a little bit longer than uh, than those that, that kind of test positive and, and don't have any symptoms. Mm. Um, so De Bruyne is likely going to be out as well. Um, so it really wouldn't surprise me if, if, if City's setup is very similar to West Ham in that it's Sterling, Mares, uh, and Jesus. And uh, well, he might chuck Cole Palmer in again, but it's a, it'd be a huge show of confidence to do that as he as he did against Everton. Um, but the players that 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 cause the damage in that city setup are not Sterling and Mares. They kind of open up the space for the uh, Bruyne for uh, De Bruyne. He's got COVID um, for Gundogan and Bernardo to to kind of wriggle yeah. into and, and move into. Uh, Bernardo's been particularly good this season. Fantastic um, player. He's, Fantastic. Yeah, he's been the. the they almost, I mean, he, he wanted to leave in the summer um, and they were quite happy to accept bids for him because City are very, City's attitude towards players that want to leave is very much, okay, you go and get us a, a transfer fee that we think is acceptable and we'll accept it and hmm. we'll kind of deal with it there. Um, and thank God they couldn't get it. Like, thank God Bernardo couldn't get a move out because he's been, he's just been so good this season. Um and then Gundogan seems like he's coming into a bit of form as well. He's not been quite, he's, he's not hit the heights as he did last season yeah. so far, 
Um, but he's uh, he, he played really well at weekend, got man of the match, and um, it, it's looking like he's uh, he's on the up again. And Cancelo as well, he's been doing well this season. Yeah, I can't I can't get a read of Cancelo at all, <laughs> uh, like, because I I'm not convinced by him defensively. But he's one of the most creative players City have got, and he's a fullback. It doesn't make any sense. The, the only thing you've got to stop him doing is curling the ball with the outside of his foot because he does that. <laughs> but it's it's almost it's almost a desperation to avoid using his left foot. He'll just wang it with the outside of his right, but it's working. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, crack. You crack on, mate. Yeah. Before you go, David, I'll just ask you for a, a score prediction. I hate these because I'm always wrong. Um, I think I I, I think it'll be really, really tight. Um, I think Villa are on the up. I think um, I think there's a newfound confidence there with uh, with Gerard, Um, and I think City have had they had a really tough game against PSG. They had to work. They had a really tough game against West Ham. Uh, They won't take anything for granted at at, at Villa Park. I think the atmosphere will be will be huge. and I, I don't think it'll be easy at all. And I think I, I think if City can if City can pass the ball and kill the atmosphere in the first ten minutes, then they've got a good chance of of kind of moving through the gears and moving to like a two 0 or a two one win. If Villa if Villa get the tails up and if Villa I mean God forbid if Villa score in the first ten minutes, mm-hmm. then it could be a real real difficult afternoon. But I'm gonna I'm gonna back City to kind of to, to kind of pass it around a bit and just just kill the kill the atmosphere to start with. Uh, and I'm gonna go two one City. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. I, I, I'm going to go ultra optimistic, considering that our track record against City, even pre-takeover, was terrible. <laughs> um, I, uh, I my thinking always is we'll just lose, but I, I don't know. Some things are weighing up this week, which make me go ultra optimistic and say two-two draw. Yeah, it, fe- I, it feels like there could be a, like f- from a City point of view, this is the sort of game where it looks like you go, well, that that one. It's a it's a real banana skin mm. because the, all these factors that build up into it, like I was saying about about you know hitting form again, Gerard coming in and the way City have had a you know a couple of tough games and a, you, you kind of run that all into one week and you go, well, we always beat Villa and Villa have had a, a you know an up and down season, so you know play well and they'll and and that the, the, they should coast it. The trouble is. It's that play well. It's not just as simple. You can't just turn up and play well sometimes. Um, and that's that's what worries me. Sometimes City, City have a habit of every kind of 10 or 12 games just chucking in a game where they don't really do very well. Um, but you kind of get away with it because they win. And I'm hoping that was the performance against West Ham and they, they kind of kick on again from here on in. Um, but it, it, it could well be this one. And that, that, that makes me nervous. Yeah, it'd be interesting. If Grealish was there, I think it'd be a uh, that atmosphere would be something quite unique. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> I'd want to experience it if I was a player, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, David, as always, it's brilliant to have you on. And um, you know, where where can people find you online? Uh, God forbid, if you wish to find out more of what I think, then uh, <laughs> you can just find me on Twitter at David Mooney. Uh, Blue Moon Podcast is uh, is my uh, kind of city podcast area as well uh, along with why always us at the athletic uh, i don't really post anything on blue moon podcast that isn't just listen to this week's show here it is <laughs> yeah. uh so if you want uh, if you want some more god-awful opinions then you you ought to follow the personal one but it's uh it's it, it's terrible football takes generally <laughs> no it's, it's, a, it's a good follow it's a good follow <laughs> uh well thank you david for coming on the show again this week anytime mate and uh, that's it from me hopefully Villa can finally end this Man City hoodoo but until then I'll see you later this week come on Super Aston Villa Villa